0: Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Goal Call featuring me, Nathaniel Marlowe. And let's dump into some more analysis with some Game 1 recaps. First game, Colorado Avalanche against the Nashville Predators. That was a rather odd game to watch because Colorado took uh, control of the game almost right away. Nikita Zadorov uh, opened up the, the scoring for the game. 6 minutes, 36 seconds into the first period, making it a one nothing game. They held on to that lead until the second period when Austin Watson for the Nashville Predators, 3 minutes, 16 seconds in, ties it back up. Blake Cuomo for the Colorado Avalanche, not long afterward, just over a minute and a half after Nashville ties it up, Blake Como gives uh, Colorado a 2-1 lead once again. Craig Smith ties it back up for Nashville 8 minutes 50 seconds into the second period. And then after that, it's just all Nashville. Two one goals by Philip Forsberg. The second one he made, he just gets it through the legs of the Colorado defenseman. And it ends up in the back of the net behind Jonathan Bernier. That's something that his dad, Peter Forsberg, used to do. But not like that. <laughs> like father, like son, Philip Forsberg is pulling off some of his dad's old tricks. Colton Sissons then seals the deal for the Predators, making it a 5-2 lead with an empty net goal. But at the buzzer, the man who opened up the scoring, Nikita Zadorov, cross-checks Victor Arvinson, not only gets a minor penalty, but also a game misconduct. Perhaps setting the tone for game number two. Right up until that third period, Colorado was playing quite well. They were winning face-offs. They were playing physical. They were finding ways to get in the offensive zone. The problem with Colorado was that the way they set the tone in the first period, they did not set the tone at all for the third period. And once Philip Forsberg got that puck, it ends up in the back behind Jonathan Bernier. And yes, I know it's Nashville. One of the toughest buildings to play in is Bridgestone Arena, Reason, mostly because of the crowd. But you got to set the tone of the game throughout the game, not just the first period, not just the second, all throughout if you want to win in that building. Taking a look now at the New Jersey Devils and the Tampa Bay Lightning Game 1. Other than the scoreboard, pretty even game. 31 shots on goal for New Jersey, 32 for Tampa Bay. Faceoff circle, Tampa Bay won 52% of the face-offs compared to the Devils' 48%. Power play, each team got a power play goal. Hits 36 for New Jersey and 35 for Tampa Bay. Pretty physical game right there. Block shots pretty even as well. 16 for New Jersey and 15 for Tampa Bay. Turnover is pretty controlled. Uh, New Jersey and only six giveaways and Tam Bay seven giveaways. Uh, the score, but the scoreboard said it all. Uh, Tam Bay opened it up two goals early in the game by Andre Pilat, 15 minutes in the first period, and then Tyler Johnson late in the first, 19 minutes and 31 seconds in, making it two nothing. Tampa Bay. Then Yanni Gord, not even two minutes into the second period, makes it a three nothing lead until of course Taylor Hall unassisted on the power play, 13 minutes and 55 seconds into the second period. Taylor Hall makes it a 3-1 game. And then Travis Zajac makes it a 3-2 game. And my mistake here, uh, Zajac was the one who scored the power play goal, not Taylor Hall. That was 5-on-5. But Zajac makes it a one-goal game, 3-2 on the power play until Alex Kalorn, 12 minutes, 14 seconds into the third period, makes it a 4-2 game. And then Nikita Kucherov seals the deal with the empty net goal, 5-2 5-2 victory for Tampa Bay. Let's now take a look at my favorite game to watch from that night. Columbus Blue Jackets at the Washington Capitals. That was a rather odd game to watch. Uh, starts off, 2 minutes 37 seconds left in the in the first period. Josh Anderson, game misconduct against Oliver Bjorkstrand. So Bjorkstrand he fights for the puck in the corner. Turns his back. Josh Anderson has plenty of time to avoid Bjorkstrand but uh, checks them into the boards, facing the numbers and everything. Easily could have avoided the hit, get to five-minute major for boarding and a 10-minute misconduct, thus getting thrown out of the game. So putting the Columbus Blue Jackets at a serious disadvantage, not just losing one of their forwards, but putting Washington on the power play. And of course, 17 minutes, 52 seconds into the uh, into the first period, on the power play, one of my favorite Capitals, Evgeny Kuznetsov, puts in the back of the net. Not even 30 seconds later, get to second goal. Also on that five-minute power play, Evgeny Kuznetsov, at the end of the first period, makes Washington have a lead of two to nothing. Going into the second period, Washington still have power play time, but were unable to connect the puck behind Sergei Bobrovsky once again. Instead, Alexander Wenberg. Gets the lone goal of the second period. Making a a 2-1 game. 4 minutes, 48 seconds into the second period. Third period, Thomas Vanek ties it up. A minute and a half into the third period. Columbus Blue Jackets 2, Washington Capitals 2. Columbus scoring on the power play. Then 5 minutes, 12 seconds in. Devontae Smith-Pelly. Sweet pass by Jacob Brana, Makes it a 3-2 game until Seth Jones... Ken MacKinnon keeps the puck offside after Washington tries chipping it down on the penalty kill. But Ken MacKinnon, he ducks, keeps the puck in over the blue line, preventing the offside. Feeds it over to Seth Jones, who then puts it behind Philip Grubauer. It's tied up once again. Then OT, the bread man Artemi Panarin, six oh two in OT seals the deal. Goes in on the short side, ends up putting the puck on the glove side. Of Philip Grubauer, Columbus Blue Jackets take Game 1 of the series on the Capitals' home ice. To me, that was a rather odd game to watch. Because Washington had some golden, golden power play opportunities. And they weren't taking advantage of them enough. Only scoring two goals on the power play. And pretty much all of the work was done by Evgeny Kuznetsov. Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah, they were down because of that, uh, that game misconduct. But they controlled the game mostly due to their face-offs and their hard work in the offensive zone. And also their physical play as well. They won 55% of their face-offs. They achieved 30 hits. They were blocking shots left and right. Nick Felino took a puck right to the face and five minutes later was right back out on that ice. And that just goes to show how tough the Columbus Blue Jackets are. They may be down, but they are never out until the series is over. Toronto Blue Jackets at the Boston Bruins. Boston just absolutely dominating Toronto, especially in the second and third period. Three of the goals come on the power play. Brad Marchand opens up on the power play. 5-28 into the first period. Then Zach Hyman ties it up late in the first 16 minutes, 52 seconds in. But after that, it's just all Boston. David Backus and David Pasternak each achieving a goal, making it a 3-1 game. Heading into the third period. Third period, 741 in. Sean Karale makes it a 4 1 Boston lead. Not long after Karali's goal, Mitch Marner gets sandwiched between Zidane Chara and Tommy Wingles. Tommy Wingles goes down on one knee. And then Nazim Kadri goes in for the light hit, checks Wingles in the head, and also boards him as well, resulting in a game misconduct. Naturally, he was ejected and news just broke that he is out for the next three games. Soon after, Kadri's ejection from the game. David Krejci finished it up, Boston scoring 11 minutes, 29 seconds into the third period. Thus, making it a 5-1 Boston victory. San Jose Sharks at the Anaheim Ducks. Quiet game until 7 minutes, 7 seconds into the second period. Evander Kane breaks the scoreless tie. Doing so on a 5-on-3 penalty. 13-51 in. Evander Kane, again, with assists from Dylan and Pavelski. 2-0 San Jose. Then 15-15 into the second period. Brent Burns makes it 3-0 San Jose victory. Anaheim fought as hard as they could in the offensive zone, but they could not get the puck past Martin Jones. 34 shots on goal for San Jose compared to the Ducks' 25. Sharks also dominant in the face-off zone. 53% of the faceoffs they won. Six power play opportunities for the Sharks, though, only uh, connecting on one. Decent penalty kills on both sides. Uh, hits, that's where Anaheim was so dominant. 41 hits compared to the Sharks' 22, but when the Sharks have the puck all night, that's where Anaheim had all those opportunities to get some good hits in. The San Jose, they blocked uh, 22 shots for, uh, for Anaheim thus making uh, Martin Jones' job a lot easier. San Jose was so defensively sound against this offensively struggling Anaheim team. For Anaheim, the message they need to get across, they need to win in their own building. They need to get goals across. They cannot let the San Jose Sharks take control of this series, especially in their own building, the way they played in that game one. Unlike Washington, Washington had control of the puck Ended up getting goals for most of that game. Anaheim didn't have any control of the puck at all. And thus, weren't weren't getting any puck luck or a whole lot of offensive opportunities. Because San Jose's defense was just so dominant over them. And Anaheim, being the physically dominant team, needs to take control of the puck. And not just play the body all the time. Because they do have that stature to maintain control of that puck compared to San Jose's smaller guys. Yes, San Jose has that speed, and San Jose's speed could have caused uh, Anaheim some more turnovers. But Anaheim does have that physical size, strength, and power to maintain control of the puck despite San Jose's speed. What I see, or at least what I saw in that game, was untapped potential of the physical body and puck control. They need to let their stick handling and puck control do the work as opposed to playing the body. All right, now here's where we're starting a new segment of the show. It's gonna be called Three Stars and Three Duds. Uh, Technically, this first one is gonna be six stars and three duds because uh, I saw a lot of great talent and skill in the first set of games. So, for the first set of game one, so that was uh, between Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Minnesota and Vegas and Los Angeles. Let's break down the three stars for that series. (laughs) So my third star, I'm giving it to Mark Scheifele for breaking the scoreless tie 15 minutes into the second period between the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild, giving the Winnipeg Jets the first goal. I kind of want to give it to Patrick Laine for that sweet, sweet shot he made tying that game up, or to even uh, Joe Morrow, who made Winnipeg Jets history, getting the first game-winning goal in a playoff series for the Winnipeg Jets. But I had to give him more so for Mark Scheifele because he helped set the tone for, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets and scoring in that game. Uh, thus, making it 1-0 for Winnipeg and helping them achieve victory over Minnesota. Thus, I'm giving him the third star of the series. Second star goes to Mark andre Fleury who achieved a shutout stopping 30 shots that he faced against uh, the Los Angeles Kings. He was just an absolute brick wall. And then his first star... Former teammate Sidney Crosby achieving a hat trick against Philadelphia was kind of beating a dead horse, but anytime you earn a hat trick to kick a series off, you're doing quite a heck of a job. Alright, here we're moving to the sandwich portion. Let's go off of my three duds. So, my third dud goes out to Josh Anderson for that hick he tried to make against uh, Bjorstrad, resulting in a boarding penalty, five minutes major, and a game misconduct. Thus, giving the Washington Capitals a five-minute power play and earning two goals on the power play. Anderson could have easily avoided the hit. And way to go, knucklehead. Yeah, Columbus won the game, but you had to make your team work two, if not three times as hard to get that victory. And now they're probably gassed for game two. So way to go, Josh Anderson. You're the third dud of the week. Second dud of the week, Drew Doughty at the Los Angeles Kings. Why would you go Cross ice to play the body instead of the puck. If you're going that far when there's another defenseman right there, you should have tried to play the puck instead of playing the body. And you checked him in the head, thus earning yourself a one-game suspension. You're already playing the toughest team in the Pacific Division, the Vegas Golden Knights, and you're the best defenseman in the Pacific Division. They need The Los Angeles Kings need you in that lineup. So congratulations, you just cost yourself the next game. Drew Doughty earned himself a one-game suspension for that check to the head. And now his team is out without him for Game 2 of the series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Thus he earns my second dud of the week. Number one dud of the week. Nazim Kadri of the Toronto Maple Leafs earned himself a three game suspension for the hit against Tommy Wingles when Wingles was down near the boards, and Nazim Kadri still checked him anyway because he got mad that hidden big Z's that Daniel Chara checked his buddy Mitch Marner. Yes, I get that you're upset, but you came in late for that hit and checked him when he was down. That's a huge no no, and now your team has virtually lost the series because you're one of only. 330 goal scores for the Toronto Maple Leafs Nazim Kadri and now guess what you're out for the next 3 games you're one of the biggest goal scorers and now Toronto your team is without one of their biggest offensive producers you might as well have just cost them the series right there man so way to go you blockhead so 3 duds of the week Josh Anderson gets my third dud Drew Dowdy, second dud and Nazim Kadri is the first overall dud of all of the game ones. All right, now let's get back to my three stars. This will be from the second night of game ones. So third star from that series goes to Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks. He broke the scoreless tie in the second period of the San Jose Sharks versus Anaheim Ducks game. Props to Evander Kane, not only getting the first goal, but the second goal of the game as well. Achieving the first two goals of the game, the first game winner. Two goals in a row, not bad, Evander Kane. Second star goes to Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators. Two sick goals at the end of the game in the third period. Sealing the deal for Nashville, helping them win the first game of their series against the Colorado Avalanche. Like father, like son. The guy just knows how to work the puck around skaters, putting it in the back of the net. First star. Now this could have gone to any number of Columbus Blue Jackets. It could have gone to Cam Maskinson for the assist on the Seth Jones goal, keeping that puck onside, successfully passing it over to Seth Jones. It could have gone to Seth Jones' help for tying the game up. It could have gone to Nick Foligno for taking a puck to the face, blocking the shot, Helping prevent another goal and then coming back five minutes later to uh, for some more shifts during the game. But I gotta give it to uh, the Bread Man Artemi Panarin for getting the game winner in overtime. They were down, but not out. I think they're kind of the uh, the underdog in the series against. uh, I think they're one of the underdogs in general. Uh, The community gets a really good Washington team. Uh, Columbus has been hot as of late. Yeah, they only achieved the wild card spot, but they're they're a hot team right now. And in the early portions of that game, they were certainly down, but they came right back for overtime. And the bread man, Arnemi Panarin, seals the deal for Game 1, helping the Columbus Blue Jackets achieve their first ever playoff series lead. This has never happened in the history of the franchise. So props to Artemi Panarin and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets organization, especially for acquiring uh, Artemi Panarin from uh, Chicago. Excellent, excellent acquisition, and we will continue to see how he plays throughout this playoff series. Well, that'll do it for another episode of The Goal Call. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll uh, do some analysis of all the Game 2s that have occurred. The only Game 2 series we won't analyze is uh, Columbus and Washington, oddly enough, because uh, their Game 2 doesn't start until tomorrow, just after all of the Game 3s have started. So, uh, catch you tomorrow, everybody.